This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast, a strange edition in the sense that normally I'm looking right at Jack Fritz, but today my man had to take the day and go to the beach. Fritzy, what's up over the phone, buddy? Well, I was just watching High Heat with Christopher Russo, and let me just say that I much prefer the yo it is to whatever Chris Russo does. Uh, I'm, a big, I'm a bigger fan of the yo it is. Wow, that, I mean, that's a heck of a compliment. I mean, the... the uh, good afternoon, everybody! Yeah. Out on it. I'm wow, out. wow, yeah. that is a... Potentially slanderous take right there. Oh, well, I'm complimenting you. I know. That's true. I should be happy about it. But I grew up on Mike and the Mad Dog. Come on, Jack. Well, I know. I'm just saying, I bet a lot of people that listen to this podcast are like, huh, that's kind of Russo-ish. And I would just like to say, wow. I'm Team Seltzer. I'm really honored to be. I don't even know yeah. if I can go on with this podcast. I might just let you talk because... Well, uh, let me get you back to the podcast. What am I supposed to say? Okay. Because, listen, can we just, before we get into this, Ruben Amaro Jr. traded a washed-up Jimmy Rollins for a potential Cy Young Award winner in Zach Eflin. I mean, <laughs> it, it, is, it, is it time to relitigate the Ruben Amaro era? Well, I mean, when you add in the fact that he traded Jonathan Papelbon for a future Cy Young, Cy Young winner, winner as well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it could be. Could be. I mean, Do we listen, judge Rube may- too quick, Jack? Well, let's right, before we get too much on Ruben, uh, the, the whole organization from top to bottom was in shambles. I will say he did make some good trades, and the fact that he got anything worth value for Jimmy Rollins is crazy to me, and Zach Eflin is our Lord and Savior. Yeah, and we'll get into that, but I think still the fact that they, uh, you know, hated analytics. We're not going to give Ruben too much credit. No, but, no, we, but, can't, we can't give him too much credit. All right, we'll get to Eflin and his... Complete game, uh, a.k.a. the leader in Major League Baseball in complete games this season, Jack. We'll get to that in a sec, but let's do... two. He's got two. He's the leader, Jack. That's all it takes. It's all it takes, my friend. You might lead the league at the end of the season with two. That's where we're at in baseball. All right, Jack, um, let's dive in. We had a great suggestion from uh, at Patty's Patron on Twitter for our issues with our Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, that whole thing. He said, uh, hey, um, guys, how about you just refer to the games prior to the series as game one, game two, and game three? That way you knuckleheads don't need to remember what day of the week it is. Jack, this is a brilliant idea. Thank you, Patty. Let's start out with game one, Jack. A lifeless effort uh, on Friday night in game one as uh, Jack, what's up with the Phillies in first games of series on the road? Uh, they hate it. I think they've, I think they've won once. It's unbelievable. Once I think the only one was that series. Bryce Harper game, the Bryce Harper return to Washington. That's it. Yeah, it's crazy. So if you're if you are into gambling, let me just say you should probably bet against the Phillies in Game Ones on the road because they, they they're allergic to winning. It's crazy. It really is, and and not just allergic to winning. They look like a completely different team the games that follow than they do in that first game of the series. Like what happens on the flight out? Like <laughs> what are they doing? Are they just like? Staying up playing cards and definitely like because they just look tired. They just look tired and unmotivated and like just don't want to be there. Jack, you missed the obvious. They're playing Fortnite joke on the plane there, right? 
Yes. Right. Actually, actually, the Friday night or the uh, the the first game of the series on the road, Phillies, are actually just the September of twenty eighteen. <laughs> oh God, that's awful! Don't do that. <laughs> it is Don't awful. do that. All right, what'd you make of Friday night's performance? Not great. Arietta, worst outing of the season, five innings, four earned. Um, it wasn't horrendous, but not a great outing from the Royal uh, from the Phillies against the Royals on Friday night. Yeah, uh, he was just leaving the ball up. Uh, like he just wasn't able to get it down all night. Um, it was a little bit chilly, so maybe that kind of hurt him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he just left the ball up. And your guy, your favorite player, Alex Gordon, who stinks by the way. I could, Alex Gordon, like I think he has just been one of the most overrated players in baseball for like ten years because of his defense and all that. And like and the, the pedigree, Jack, the pedigree. Out, I don't know. He's just—he annoys me. And your your Kurt Suzuki award winner did good. On I'm Friday. I'm a little worried about picking another Kurt Suzuki award winner. I'm, I know I, it's almost like a, a power that I have. I'm mushing the Phillies. You're having your Kurt Suzuki award winner go off. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Iowa, the Iowa podcast is on the hot seat. Yeah, I guess if you can bet on a Brewer to uh, hit a home run in the upcoming series, pick whoever I pick because that's what happens, Jack. Yeah, I, I think that it, through two series, that is absolutely the it's case. Unbelievable. You are you you are destroying me. I don't think my guys have gotten a hit in two races. So we we like your Kurt Suzuki picks. Yeah, Hunter Dozier goes back to being Hunter Dozier when I pick him, <laughs> and and Marcelo Zuna forgets how to hit a baseball when That's I pick him. Unbelievable. You know, you're welcome. Listen, this, you're yeah, welcome, Philadelphia. This is you're using your powers for good, Jack. Finally, I know it's really it really is a remarkable power, but. You know, I kind of I'm coming around to it because all the greats: Bill Simmons, great mush; Mike Francesa, a great mush; Jack Fritz. I like this. Look at you spinning a negative into a positive. I may be the best at that in the entire. <laughs> I think city. It's your brand, man. You're pretty amazing at it. <laughs> all right, anything else from uh, Game One? Uh, Homer Not much Bailey, to say. So, so Homer Bailey has uh, he has made about a million dollars a win. In the major league, wow, um, which is embarrassing. Wow, uh, Homer Bailey, like, th- like the fact that that guy got a hundred million dollar contract is unbelievable. Like, and the fact that the Phillies couldn't hit him. Now it was it was first game of the series on the road still, so we'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But like Homer Bailey, just thinking about the like, like he's almost stolen more money than Sam Bradford. Oh, buddy, Terracy right there. I mean, it's. I mean, Homer, at least Bradford's like shown something. Homer Bailey's never shown anything. But he's thrown two like, no hitters. What? That's the craziest part. He's like Mike Fires. Who deserves who, who deserves two no hitters more, Homer Bailey or Mike Fires? Neither, neither one, Jack. <laughs> Torrendous. It's unbelievable. I know it's so bad, but whatever. What can we do? I mean, Let's, he has some talent. Yeah. Well, he looked really good against the Phillies. Luckily, the best pitcher in baseball was pitching on Saturday in Game Two, Jack. Yeah, so let me just let me give you a, a comp here that I that I so I, I was watching him on I was watching Eflin on on the Game Two. I almost said Saturday, which it ended up being Saturday. <laughs> but I, did, I, did, I was watching. Eflin now we're gonna get confused with the Game Ones and Game Twos is gonna throw us <laughs> off too. We can't get it right. <laughs> yeah, um, and I was watching him, and I was like, I was like, ah, I just don't like. Who does he remind me of? And eventually I came around to it, but I don't want to just give it to you right away. I want to make you earn it, okay? Ooh, I like that. So which would you rather have? 
Player A, this is both their age 25 seasons. Player A, 247 ERA, 1.02 whip, 6.7 strikeouts per nine, 1.2 walks per nine, a 179 ERA plus. Or player B, 293 ERA, 1.19 whip, 6.3 strikeouts per nine, 2.3 walks per nine, and a 157 ERA plus. Who would you rather have, James? I'd rather have player A. Player A is Zach Eflin. Player B is Roy Halladay. <laughs> no! So, no! So, I don't believe not, you. I am not saying that I think Zach Eflin is Roy Halladay, but he is the closest. Like I think he could be a middleman's Roy Halladay. Wow. Like, or middle to like he just from like watching him pitch reminds me a lot of how Doc used to pitch because Zach Eflin is a tunneling god. He is a sequencing god, and the way he pitches just makes me so warm inside. The fact <laughs> that guys in Major League Baseball know how to pitch makes me so happy. And the way Zach Eflin can set up, he'll throw like an 88 mile an hour slider on the outside corner, spot it up. Come back with 94 on the outside corner. Hitter has no idea what's coming, and it'll buzz him up and in with 95. It's like, it's, it's just, it's pitching expertise from Zach Eflin, and I, I thoroughly look forward to every single Zach Eflin start. How about this? Jackie Fritz, all in on F. Dude, he's like, all right. So tunneling, so for people who don't know, tunneling is basically like you'll throw a fastball 95 up um, or whatever, like, You'll, you'll try. You'll try to throw your fastball, or throw your slider, or throw your changeup off from the aim, the same arm slot, and start them at the same spot, but let them fall off the table wherever, which way that pitch happens to fall off the table. And Eflin right now is just doing that to a T. Like, like the way he, like he'll he'll go fastball outside ninety four, and then he'll throw a slider from the same arm slot to the same spot, but a guy's way out in front of it, and he's inducing a ton of weak contact, like. Eflin's just, he's just so solid right now. And James, I think the people need to know, what, what is the official James Seltzer position on Nappy? Oh, man. All right, so you're jumping the gun here. You're not here, so you can't see my sheet. I have the wonderful Kristen's tweet. This is from at B13Kristen on Twitter. And Kristen tweets in, so question, is James willing to keep Nap if it's the only way we get this Eflin? And damn it, Kristen, it's a really good question. So, uh, I, Jack, this is really, I've thought way too much about this. I've thought about it. It's really uh, hurting you? Yes, yes, because damn it, Kristen has a point, Jack. She's got a point. And it's really cutting to the core of my Andrew Knapp hate because, man, look, and then after the game, Eflin comes out and he's like, I couldn't have done it without my, my buddy Andrew. He's my guy. So what am I Nappy. supposed to what am I supposed to say to that, Jack? What am I supposed to say? Zach Eflin's a freaking Cy Young candidate through a month plus of the season, and he's giving the credit to Andrew Knapp. Man, I'm really torn, Jack. Like I'm legit torn. I want to hate Andrew Knapp, but if he's gonna go out and he's part of the reason why Eflin feels so comfortable and is doing what he does, how am I supposed to hate that, Jack? I'm I'm like what? really conflicted right now. Let me just say something. Great, great job by Kristen pointing this out. Hating Andrew Knapp right now by you would be the equivalent of hating puppies. That's what it is. <laughs> the, exact, the exact same thing. You cannot hate Andrew Knapp. We are a personal catcher society. The Phillies. It's the funniest part about the personal catcher thing is like Gabe is 
I think I think it is killing Gabe to his core. Like, <laughs> Gabe like Gabe Gabe came out before the game Saturday and he was like, "We are not doing the personal catcher thing." And I just think it's so funny how I think Eflin's allowed what one earned run in uh-huh. the last three starts. Yep. They're all nappy starts. Yep, I know. And he, well, and and then, then this Thursday he's supposed to start against the the Brewers. The perfect time for an Andrew Knapp start. Well, it's a day game too. It like works out perfectly. It's it's almost it's a day game. Yeah. Day game after a night game, uh, baby. But uh, I'm, I'm incredibly conflicted. A short answer is whatever it takes to get this athlete, I'm okay with. But I don't feel good about it, Jack. I don't like watching Andrew Knapp at all. I'm really torn. It's a really great point. It's a great Come on, point. Man. He, he walked twice on Saturday. I did. The mammal. That's my problem, is when he's coming up to the plate, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, the best case scenario here is he walks. That's what I'm hoping for, Jack. Yeah, and I think that, like, listen, if you're a pitcher and you see Matt come to the plate and you know that. <laughs> just throw strikes. Why are you just throw a strike down the middle? What are we middle? doing like, here? What are, what are we doing? doing? It's unbelievable. You, you don't have to nibble. Like, you don't have to do it. Oh, man, I can't believe anything has gotten to turn me to turn on that. I'm really, I'm going through a real crisis of uh, of conscience here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to does do this, here. Does this count as a midlife crisis? I mean, you are what forty? <laughs> oh man, seven. I, it could count as a midlife crisis. You're listen. I don't want to. I don't want to make you feel old, but. The fact that your midlife crisis is having to turn on Andrew Knapp, that's not too bad, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I don't, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. Moving on, Jack. But good point from Kristen. And I'm uh, my Knapp hate is, is waning, and I hate it. Yeah. All right. Anything wow. else from Saturday? Uh, I got one question for you, James. Oh, God. Another? You want to fire another at me? Is the big inning back? The yeah, big clearly inning. it's back. It's definitely back. It was a big inning on Saturday. Uh, broke the game wide open. Reese again. I mean, the guy is a freaking RBI machine. Like he's, I, I feel like I feel like the, every game in the last I don't know week he's picking up two or three RBIs. Like he's gonna pass. He's gonna catch up to Bellinger soon. Like I don't know. He's, Reese Hoskins is just. We said it last week. We'll say it again. He is the prototypical four-hole hitter like he just sits there and mashes i i i the big innings back and the, the big inning now with actual talent you can actually see the big inning continuing as the season goes along i'm still reeling over this nap thing but jack here's a stat for you scott and larry said or excuse me scott and kevin uh said this on sunday's game after and we'll get to sunday's game but the phillies put up the sixth spot in the fifth inning it is the eighth time this year that the phillies have scored five or more runs in an inning Jack, guess how many times they did it all of last season? So you said it's eight so far this eight season? Eight so far this year. Uh, last year was what, eight? Twelve. But still, Twelve. the entire season they did it 12 times last year, and they'd done it eight in 39 games this year. Uh, another question for you going off of that. Is hashtag the big inning uh, a new t-shirt idea? Ooh. It could be Jack. They need they need to keep it up a little bit. I don't want to get I don't want to jump the gun, but let the Phillies know that the High Hopes podcast is monitoring the big inning situation, and we will act accordingly if we need to make sure. I like that. I think that we you know we don't want to jump the gun. Like you said, we're going to play this out here. But if the big inning is indeed back, we're making shirts. Yeah, we're making shirts. 
I like it. All right, Jack, moving on. Game three, Cole Irvin, the best Cole in the history of the Phillies. Just kidding. The best left-handed Cole in the history of the Phillies. Yeah. How about the fact that they made their uh, debut on the same day? That is a crazy factoid. They're the only Coles in Phillies history. They're, the, they're both lefties, and they both made their same their their first start and their history on the same day. That's absolutely crazy. So, so in two years, Cole Irvin will be the World Series MVP. That's our big prediction. Listen, if Cole Irvin can be our Jimmy Moyer on that team, I'll be happy. <laughs> what do you think, of Irvin? Seven innings, ninety-three pitches to get through seven, gives up the one run, five strikeouts, which was better than you would have expected—a five-point-eight K per nine in the minors. What do you think, of Irvin? Um. So, for the first thing I noticed was that the NBC Philly scouting report was a bit off um, because they open it up and they're like, yeah, Cole Irvin's 88 to 95. What? And I was like, what? hold on. And then his first, his first like four pitches are like 83 to 85. 88 to 95. Okay. Like maybe, maybe in the spring training gun. Maybe 83 like, to 88, maybe. Yeah, so, um, listen, I... I, I, I I I liked what Cole Irvin did yesterday. Uh, I, I think. Listen, I, I I love that pitchers that know how to pitch are are becoming a thing for the Phillies. Like, I, I, it's just so frustrating when you see guys like Velasquez and you see guys, see guys like Pavetta who just don't know how to pitch and they go out and just throw. And it's just been so refreshing watching a guy like Eflin, watching Eichhoff, Nolik bouncing back, Arietta for most of this year. Now Cole Irvin, like these guys just know how to pitch and they 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 mix in pitches whenever they want. And listen, I like Cole Irvin. Do I think that 83 to 85 with a mix-in of 89, 90 is going to work long-term? I'm not sure. Like, that's just such an outlier. Like, you have, to be, you have to be so precise with your stuff to get away with that today's league. Like, Kyle Hendricks did a couple of years ago. Obviously, Dallas Keuchel, but Keuchel was throwing harder back then. Um, so, listen, I, I, I'm rooting for Cole Irvin. That's fine. I'm just saying that He's got to be really, really precise if that's going to last a long time. But it seems like he's got three different fastballs, at least. Like, he's got like a cutter, he's got a two-seam, he's got a four-seam, one that looks like it sinks away. He might even have four fastballs. And then you couple that with a slider that I thought had a nice bite to it and a nice-looking changeup. I mean, listen, I'll take it. I, and it was much nicer watching that than it was watching a Velasquez start. Well, so. yes. It's much nicer watching anything. than a, I'd rather watch Nap catch than watch Vinny Velasquez pitch. <laughs> so I, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought he—he I, I, he reminds me of, now. Salisbury threw up Tom Glavin comp, and I, I guess that's what like forty-year-old Tom Glavin. Not, not yeah, I hope so because he is nothing like twenty-five-year-old Tom Glavin. I know yeah, that's so, just asinine. So Cole, Cole Irvin is a forty-year-old Tom Glavin. Glavin threw as hard as Cole Irvin when he was forty. I mean, what are we talking about? I know, but I, he really—he reminds me a little bit of what Jay Happ looked like when he came up. Um, That's an interesting like, Hap, name. Yeah, Hap threw a little bit harder and struck out a bit more guys. But uh, listen, if 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 these guys can keep generating soft contact, I'm in. Like I think the Phillies defense is fine, um, and just having the ability to watch a guy that knows how to knows how to pitch, I, it makes me so happy. It's right up your alley, buddy. I know, I know. I was like nerding out yesterday. I went back and rewatched it today because I was driving down to the beach while listening to it in the car, and it just it backed up all my. Of my you didn't watch was. while driving, correct? No, I didn't watch while okay, driving. Okay, good. Not that crazy. Just making sure the way you said I it. I thought about it. 
I thought about it. Look, uh, I'm I'm with you. I think Irvin was uh, really impressive yesterday, but we have to remember, first of all, a Royals lineup that is among the worst in the sport, if not potentially the worst in the sport. So well, they're a little frisky. Little frisky. Not a lineup to be scared of, and also a good lineup for a guy who's inducing soft contact, a guy who's not looking to strike guys out. That's a good lineup to face. They're going to strike out a few times just from being terrible. So... Um, I, look, I, I was impressed with Irvin. I think he certainly earned another start. We didn't mention Velasquez sent to the 10, uh, 10-day IL, a.k.a. the Phantom IL with forearm tightness. Any belief that Velasquez is actually hurt, Jack? Uh, no. Nah. I, I, no. I think they're, no. I think they're just I think they're done with, with Velasquez. As uh, well they should be, Jack. Yeah, like, hey, we, we said it. I mean. We thought he'd get one more start. He didn't. Well, they, and they want to win now. And they're not going to mess around. If they think Cole Irvin can come up and make a, do a better job than Vince Velasquez would, they're going to make that decision. They sent down Nick Pavetta, who their whole organization thought was going to have a breakout season, and they were like whispering to people he's going to have a big year. Like Larry Bowe is going on the afternoon show or the midday show saying, watch out for, for Pavetta. They sent him down after four starts. Like, they sent him down after four it's starts. Crazy. If that doesn't if that doesn't show that they mean business, then I don't know what 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 will. So. Um, Listen, I, I, I hope it's the last time we see Velasquez. I think we can all understand why he's so frustrating, especially now that you see guys that are coming up and know how to pitch, and then you think back to Velasquez starts, oh. and it's like, oh, my God, it's oh. like a different world. And, that, and that's, any, like, that's all on top of the fact that, and this is, you'll get through it if he's successful, but he is the worst to watch. I mean... Just the worst. Just a brutally unfun watch when Vincent Velasquez is pitching. So from a, a aesthetic point of view, I'll take anybody, but ultimately all that really matters is production. Irvin, I think, earning himself another shot. Do you have a, a belief that Irvin can keep this up? It sounded kind of hedgy one way or the other. If you had to bet, is Cole Irvin still in the rotation a month from now? Um, I'll say yes. Ooh, uh, I would have said no. I, I like this. No, I I like Cole Irvin. Like I I I think he can be a solid pitcher. Um, and I don't know how you consistently. Here, here's where I'm at. Like I don't know how you consistently square him up. If he has, I think he, to me it looked like he had six different pitches yesterday. So and he threw them all for strikes. Now obviously, like he had, he had multiple versions of his fastball. That's what I mean by different pitches. Like he had the the two-seam, four-seam, cutter, sinker, and then a slider and change-up. So if he has all that, I just don't know how you consistently square him up. And you saw in the minor leagues, I mean, no one really did. He didn't strike many people out, but he only had a 2.25 ERA. So maybe he's unlocked a little bit of a key here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's going on a nice little run here. I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see maybe three starts from now if teams start to get a better book on him. Uh, that was another thing about yesterday. Like they didn't have a book on him. They yep. didn't know he was going to start. Until, no question. Until, until Saturday. So I'm sure that helped a little bit. Um, so give him give him three starts, and if if in three starts he's doing the same kind of thing, it doesn't have to be one run over seven innings, but six innings, three runs or less. I'm in. Like I, I think I think we could see that, but I do want to see a team that watch the Royals start and, and has an actual plan against them. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting, especially considering his next two starts, if they kind of stay in the normal rotation, which you would assume they will, considering there are no off days coming up. It should be against the Rockies later this week, and then next week likely against the Cubs. So 
Those oh. are two much better offenses than the Royals. So I think we should get a better idea of who Irvin is and what he could be over the next couple of weeks and more of a book on him, as you say. Um, the, anything else from the weekend? Oh, Duble, uh, something to shout out at a nice couple games, two hits, uh, two days in a row, hustling out there. Oh, Duble, hustle. Uh, anything else th- stick out to you from the Royal Series? Well, it was not oh, on a double for a second. It was nice to see him bounce back from the bases loaded debacle. Yes. On fr- was it yes. Friday night? It was Friday. Oh. It was such a oh. bad at bat. It was such a bad at bat, but he bounced back the next two games. Yeah, and Sunday he had the clutch hit um, to, to really break that game wide open. And uh, at a triple, and, and, too, but, for those who don't think that he hustles. Right, right, right. <laughs> very, very fun criticism. And a diving catch in the outfield, yep. but he can't play center field. So we'll see even the point. Um, but a double. Yeah, a lot of people are kind of freaking out uh, after a semi-decent Cardinal series about his overall stats, and it's been a small sample size. Like he had a big, he had a big weekend; he's up to like two sixty and three. He's hurt for a while. He missed, you know, whatever it was ten well, games. Well, I know or it's just so. like people were overreacting to a small sample size of stats. No, Chad, yeah, people crazy, right? never do that. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so thing, last thing from Sunday, other than another big inning, um, Sir Anthony Slider. So. Sir Anthony came in. I, I rewatched it today, uh, and I looked on Brooks Baseball. The vertical depth on his slider it, it was more than it was last uh, last appearance, and I thought last appearance was the most he'd ever had, which it was. So now he's 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 finding more depth to his slider, and I just think that is huge for the rest of his season because his cutter and his slider kind of look the same. Um, and if he can get more depth to his slider to go along with the ninety-seven with cut. Uh, that's a good plan for him. Also flashed a really, really good changeup um, that just darted away to, to left-handed hitters. So um, I feel like Sir Anthony is kind of turning a quarter a corner a little bit here. And man, if you if you can get Sir Anthony back, like they haven't even put Sir Anthony in in, in high leverage moments this year. Like it's been weird their use of him, but um, maybe he's starting to get their their face back a little bit. I thought I thought Sunday was a good a good start for that. And Edgar Edgar Garcia's beautiful slider made an appearance this weekend, which is always beautiful. It's a nasty slider, man. It, it's a legit slider. All right, hold on. I have a comp for Edgar, Edgar Garcia. Ooh, you feel like comps I today. I love this. Does he remind you at all of a young Tom Gordon? Ooh, I love that Not, comp. I mean, Tom Gordon's slider was was devastating. It, and I, and obviously, Tom Gordon was hitting like ninety seven back in the day. Like, I don't think he's as I don't think he's as devastating as Tom Gordon. But a young Tom Gordon went over the top a lot like him and had a wicked slider. I love this. Yeah, he didn't have the the heat that Gordon had, but I think the slider is a comparable. That's a good comp there. Thank you. I like that. All right, uh, coming up, we'll look ahead to this Brewers series. I will begrudgingly pick a Kurt Suzuki winner and brace myself for more home runs. But uh, real quick, Jack, we we already kind of said goodbye, but it is official. Your boy Aaron Altair is a giant. All right, the official statement from me is. That Farhan Zahidi knows what he's doing. <laughs> Farhan knows the talent is in there. Uh, he's going to be hitting doubles for days in that ballpark. Um, Aaron Altair, buy, buy stock now in the Altair breakout. He's going to get 400-plus plate appearances. He's going to play a monster right field. Uh, and listen, he's going to hit in the triples, triples alley out there in, in San Francisco. Hopefully my man can uh, can figure out some kind of timing issue because it's just so bad. It's off. But I'm um, happy for Aaron. Great guy. Average Philly. And, uh, 
great guy. <laughs> average, Philly. Some might and, say below uh, average. I wouldn't, but some. May he may he hit many a double out there <laughs> in, in San Francisco. I think he's going to look great when they convert him into a reliever. Just get ready. All right, whatever. Bring him back. <laughs> All right, Jack. Uh, big series coming up. We got the Brewers coming to town. Brewers, a very good baseball team. Four game series here. And then the Rockies later in the week. Aaron Nola against Freddie Peralta tonight. Jared Eikhoff against Brandon Woodruff tomorrow. Jake Arrieta against Gio, our buddy Gio Gonzalez, uh, in Game 3 on Wednesday. And then the day game we mentioned before, Zach Eflin against Zach Davies, a battle of the Zachs on Thursday. Jack, we'll get to the Kurt Suzuki winner in a sec, but what's your general take on the matchups in this series? Listen, I, obviously their offense is, is really well put together. Uh, it's just like, it's just, they don't really have a, a super hole in their in their lineup. Although I will say, now now let me read off some numbers to you and tell me if this is someone I should be afraid of. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Two seventy three batting average, a three sixty eight OBP, a three sixty four slugging percentage, an OPS of seven thirty two, and one home run. Is that a player I should be afraid of, Jim? I mean, I don't think so. I'm assuming there's a name attached to it that would make me more afraid than the 732 OPS. Well, that is uh, Christian Yelich on the road this season. Ooh! So, wow, really? I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's actually pretty hard to believe considering he's got like a 1,200-plus 12, a OPS on the season. Wow. So, his, so he's been home, that unbelievable at home? Dude, his home OPS is 1,600. Oh, buddy! Wow, Jay, uh, Jack, that's actually really fascinating. I had no idea he had such aggressive road home splits this season. Yeah, he has one road home run. Is he is he a fraud? <laughs> Are we sure Christian Yelich is good? Yes. Are we sure? Yes. That's your MVP? The guy you can't hit on the road? Oh, man. You can only rely on him half the time? Yeah, I'll take it. All right. Um, uh, that, but, but that's no, really I mean, interesting. I've not heard anyone else mention that yet. I mean, like, Christian Yelich, for those who don't know, I mean, he's got 16 homers on the season. He has a 449 OBP, a 746 slugging percentage, a 338 batting average. My man is bringing it. I had no idea, Jack, that it was all in, in Milwaukee. That's pretty crazy. He's only hitting it home. How about that? He's a fraud. Um, all right, so... This series, though, um, I, I think I think that if I had to, if I was a betting man, I would bet on the Phils tonight. Um, the the Brewers are coming off a road trip. Uh, they were in Chicago. Now they're coming here. They're they're in the midst of a of a longish road trip. Played Sunday night baseball last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Freddie Peralta is booty. Like I think he's just bad. I'm not a I'm not a Freddie Peralta guy. And his six seventy five ERA would go to show that. Well six seventy five and he threw eight shutout innings in his first start of the season, so that's how bad that six seventy five is. <laughs> Good. Um and again, like Nola tonight, I mean, you go from the Cardinals lineup which is loaded to the Brewers lineup which is also loaded. This would be a, a massive sign to tell if, if Aaron Nola is is indeed back and I think he I think he is back. So but it is it is look a little wet. I mean, it's wet down here in Ocean City, um, and it seems like it's cold. So maybe he won't have the grip on the ball. But uh, another big Nola start, get him back on track. If he if you can get him back on track to where he is with Eflin and Lykoff, I mean, maybe the Phils have something here. Yeah, dude, I, I I feel the exact same way. My biggest thing I'm looking for is Nola in this series, coming off his best start of the season against a really good Cardinals lineup. This Brewers lineup just as good as that Cardinals yeah. lineup. So. 
I'm really with you. I'm really excited to see how Aaron does tonight. And also, and look, it just go ahead. And it just kind of hit me that I'm going to be able to watch the Phillies at the beach and not have to work say, it. Look at you. Phillies at the beach is there's no there's no better place to watch baseball, especially Phillies baseball, than at the beach. Like it's just. There's something special about it. Uh, I, look, I'm with you. And nice of you to remind everyone that you're at the beach and we're not. So very kind of oh, you. Oh, don't worry. I'll be back tomorrow. So <laughs> no, Short beach trip. Yeah. Uh, bet you're excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Always. We can hear it in your voice, Jack. But also in addition to Nola, uh, I'm interested to see Eikhoff against this Brewers lineup and Eflin against this Brewers lineup as um, those are two guys who obviously we've talked a lot about as guys who we can count on, it seems, a lot more than we expected to a nice opportunity for them to go up against a legit, legit lineup and and kind of show us something as well. So yeah, it's a big show me series. You know, we just went out yeah. to the show me state, Jack. We're coming home and it's still show me time. I know it is, and like the thing that's been great um, about the Royals weekend is that is that all the relievers are fresh. Like everyone is. Yeah, fresh that's a great point. So, great point. So if, if anyone goes short in a ball game, listen, the, the, this bullpen. I guess if it's feared. I don't know. But this bullpen should be ready to go. Meanwhile, um, the Brewers' bullpen, I mean, haters been pitching a lot. They they have a great bullpen on paper, but obviously Corey Knebel goes down. Um, and it's it's been fine, um, but it's not nearly as dominant as it was last year. No, I mean, last year was as big a reason as anything other than maybe Christian Yelich and why that team got, you know, so close to the World Series and definitely not as good this year. They do have Jeffress back. He's pitched better, so that's – a help Corbin Burns pitching out of the pen that helps but I'm with you not as as dominant a pen as it was last year and uh the Phillies pen being fresh matters as uh, again this is a lineup that can grind pitchers out so I think that's going to be important uh it's a big series it's a fun series and then they got the Rockies yeah. coming to town after that the other part of it with the pen being fresh that's so important is you know they've they've played three games they still have 14 more straight days of baseball you know provided for rainouts and whatnot until another day off so um, you need a fresh pen. Yeah, no, for sure. And let me just say that I'm going to call my shot. I've always liked his talent. I think Brandon Woodruff is going to pitch well against us. Uh, I think I think he's hard to square up. So uh, I think I, Woodruff's going to have a night. Gio Gonzalez, we're going to destroy because I still think he's a fraud. And let, how the hell does Zach Davies have a 154 ERA? I texted Ben Harris, who now works for the Brewers, obviously, early this season. I said, Zach Davies... I can't believe you guys are honestly starring this guy. And since that point, he has a one five four ERA. So tell me about it. He's on, he's on my fantasy team just because of how good he's been pitching. Zach Davies is a is a crappier version of Aaron Nola. Like it's just it's annoying. I could tell you're you're not happy with the Zach Davies thing. <laughs> I just I it's can't really believe bothering you. He, You've he thought about this a lot more one. than I you should. You've thought about this a lot more than you should. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time. Uh, Kurt Suzuki winner. Who are we going with? All right. I am going with Yasmani Grandal. Uh, I just, I, I will never forget. I feel like whenever the Dodgers came down the last two years, he took some, someone yard. So going off of that, Yasmani Grandal is, uh, is going to have a horrible series because he is my <laughs> Kurt Suzuki award winner. Who are you? Uh, who are you ruining my weekend week four? Well, Jack, I'm shocked you didn't take him. I thought it was the most obvious Kurt Suzuki award winner we've had yet. Just a such a clear storyline of the man should have been on this team but is not. Yeah. Mike Mustaka is going to kill us, Jack. Yeah, we're going to see what we could have had. Moose is going to kill us. 
Mike Moussakis. Well, now, now, see, I hate this because because now he's going to have a bad series. Or, or oh, I actually now no, he's going to have a great series. series. You'll be fine. I know, now, now this I is good for you. Face that he's if than you had Trump. chosen, it would have been an issue, but I got you. You're good. Yeah, thank you. It's going to help all my Twitter arguments. <laughs> oh God, Mike Mike Moussakis is about to hit five home runs over the next four days. It's going to be killer. Yes. Yes. Oh man. All right, Fritzy. Uh, final thoughts. Multiple. Well, let's, let's let's do one thing before final thoughts. Um, the Madison Bumgarner no trade list. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have brought this up. Good point. Um. So he he labeled out six teams. Uh, I think it was eighteen, wasn't it? I thought it was eight. Yeah, eighteen. I get. So, I have the list. Give me one second. I'll pull up the list. Basically, the list was his. No trades yes. slash uh, I'm only going to this team. Okay, so we were both... Oh, no, I was right. It's eight teams. The teams are the Braves, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Astros, the Brewers, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Cardinals. A.K.A. the only teams that have a chance of winning this year. Yep. So it's, 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 his, it's his no trade slash I'm only going here uh, uh, no trade list. It's his way of controlling the market is what it is. Yep, that's exactly what this is, uh, and, and I saw everyone was like minor, minorly freaking out yesterday. Like, what does this mean? Like, does he not want to come here? Or it, it, no, this is this is Madison Bumgarner trying to either get money out of the Giants, or he's trying to get a an extension signed with whoever that's trades. Exactly for him. right, has, Jack. Yeah, and, and he has the power control where he wants to go. He could he could the the Giants angle on this is be like, hey, I'll waive it if you pay me this amount of money. Um, that could be his angle there. He has, it's a perfect angle. Like he, he either gets more money out of the Giants, he gets an extension in. Like if he, if you're watching Dallas Keuchel not get signed, you're Madison Bumgarner. You're now over thirty with a bunch of miles on your arm. Like you see what happens with Dallas Keuchel. This is exactly what you have to do. If you have the chance to get an extension right now, like you, you have to take it because you might not. Like he'll get signed this offseason. I'm not worried about that. But if you can get a guy to deadline and he can waive his no trade clause and come there, it's going to be more money than it would be in the in, in free agency. Oh no, question! It's the only leverage that he has. That's the point. It is the, it is giving himself as much leverage because teams that want him at the trade deadline and are willing to give up prospects for him or whatever are clearly more motivated to get him and to give him what he wants than in the free agent market. We've seen that the last few years. It's just clear. I would. I. So I'm kind of torn, James, because if I have to give up prospects and also sign to an extension, I might rather have Mike Miner. Oh, no, Jack. I don't think I do. But Quick question, Jack. Gonna... Quick question. Has yeah. Mike Miner ever won a World Series MVP? Just wondering. Just checking. Mm, no. Has no, Mike Miner given one of the great performances in the history of baseball in the World Series? He did strike out 13 Mariners two weeks ago. So that's a no. Yeah, I'm going to go Bumgarner. I'm going to pay him. I'll feel good about it. Okay. So you so so you would you would trade prospects and pay for him at the deadline? Yeah, I would. I mean, obviously, it's all dependent. I'm not giving him seven years, $140 million. But yeah, if he market costs, whatever, you know, you're four for 80 or whatever it is, I think I'd have to do it. Oh, four for 80, no doubt. I would give him four for 80. If it's higher than that, though, it could be four for 100, something like that. Regardless, I personally, I think that Bumgarner makes such a difference for this team. And you're bringing in a guy, again, who top three greatest performances I've ever seen in my lifetime in the World Series. I'm down. I'll take that guy. I mean, do we even need him now that we have Cole Irvin? It's a good point, man. It's a good point. I mean, he's basically Bumgarner. 
Uh, yeah, but listen, if they, if they get Baumgartner and you pair him with Nola, I, I am going to be ecstatic. Oh, I just, God. I mean, I, all of a sudden, that's like going from a team that is a playoff team that, you know, you never know what happens in the playoff to, oh, that team can win the World Series. That'll be the, the, the feeling around them if they make that type of move. Totally agree. I mean, if you, if you pair Madison Baumgartner with a superstar like Zach Eflin, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I think the sky's the limit for this team. All right, final thoughts, Ritzy. All right, my final thought, uh, I got two. My, my first final thought, before a way deeper one, my first final thought is that I really appreciate Bryce's two-strike approach recently. Um, obviously, he struck out twice yesterday, but I like the idea of, uh, of, of spreading out your stance and not, like, not being okay with striking out. Like, that's the one thing that's been a little bit frustrating about modern baseball is, like, a little bit, there's too much guys that are just okay with striking out. Like, they'd rather uh, try to hit a home run than put the ball in play or whatever. Like, I, I appreciate that Bryce has acknowledged the strikeouts are a problem, and it feels like he's adjusting a little bit. Uh, I thought he had a decent series in, in KC. Obviously not great uh, power numbers or hit numbers, but he's on base four times in game one. Um, I, 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 he's, he's walking a lot, which is, provides value. Obviously, the, the batting average isn't there, but I, I do appreciate the two-strike approach. I think it's a, a good change in his philosophy. And my real final thought is that I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday on the drive to the beach, and I was thinking, have the Phillies found, the, have, they, have they lucked into the next market inefficiency? In a day and age when, when pitchers are all, you have to, you're cloned to throw 95-plus and have high spin rates and all this stuff, the Phillies' best pitchers right now are, well, Eflin can get up to 95, but he's, he is still looking to generate soft contact. In a day and age where launch angle is, is, is the new thing, the Phillies going soft contact to go away to, to counteract the launch angle movement may be the next market inefficiency. Ooh. You know how I feel about market inefficiencies, Jack. I live but isn't for them. That, isn't that interesting? Like, it's fascinating. Like, it's very, and you've talked a lot about this this year, the idea of them going for soft contact the spin rate type stuff and all that. I think it's fascinating. If you're trying to launch all the time and you're trying to lift, if you throw a breaking ball down and away, like you can't do that. If you throw a fastball down and away, you can't do that. So these guys, like they come in and listen, it, I think so the, the best way to pitch now, I feel like is, is you have to be either 96 to a hundred or 89 to 92. I think, I feel like 90, 93 to 96 is, is where the, the, where it's moved up from. Like when Pat Gillick was, when Pat Gillick was the GM, you would always look for guys that were between either, either 95 plus or 91 and below. And it was 92 to 94, I guess, that was like the, the launch position, I guess, for hitters. So I wonder if that's kind of bumped up a little bit. And the Phillies have, have 89 to 90 from Jared Eikhoff. They have 91 to 93 from Nola. Obviously sometimes, sometimes he can jack it up. Cole Irvin, uh, and then and then Eflin is in the 96 range, but like we said, he's he's not looking for strikeouts. He's looking to generate soft contact. I'm in on these guys generating soft contact in a day and age when everyone's trying to launch. Me too. I, I think that's a really interesting observation. And as I said before, I live for market inefficiencies, so I I, I think it's really fascinating. It's going to be interesting. Something to track all season long. Is, all right. the, is the new market inefficiency knowing how to pitch? Wouldn't that be just too much for you, Jack? What do you do with yourself? What a crazy concept. (laughs) 
right. Uh, I only have one final thought. Really, two if you want one of them to just be that I my identity is still shook from Kristen and her tweet. So, Kristen, congratulations. I'm still... Yeah. I'm just reeling over this. But uh, a positive final thought. I think there is something in Philadelphia Phillies baseball, Jack, that we have not talked about at all. We've not given it nearly the credence it deserves, the... The people have not focused on enough. People have not brought it up enough. So I'm going to shed some light on something. I think with the Philadelphia Phillies, we have not talked about remotely enough. Okay. Andrew McCutcheon has the best smile, man. What a smile. I mean, infectious. I see that guy smile and I smile. I can't help it. It's just the best smile. We don't talk about that enough. I don't care that he hasn't gotten a hit in two weeks, it feels like. Because he just smiles, and it's like, oh, I love that guy. That's one guy yeah, right if there. Car- if Carlos Santana just smiled a little <laughs> bit more, maybe he could still be here. Instead of taking baseball bats to televisions, right? Because, that, I mean, Andrew McCutcheon is basically just doing what Carlos Santana did last year. Oh, I love this. It's a great take right there. I mean, he's batting like 237, I think. And so. Carlos Santana's been way better this year, but that's a whole nother thing. I know. I know. So I like it. Yeah, he really he does make me happy. Yeah. It is funny when he messes around with the umpires yes. and stuff. And with Odubel out very, there, he's always messing around. Like there it just he's having fun out there and then he smiles and I melt and I love it. Yeah, honestly, the way you talk about that, Gene Segura and Mike Alfranco, they also make me smile cuz they they have fun together. It's a good like point. the other day, the other day, uh um I think Gene Segura made a routine play to first base, got the ball back to the pitcher's mount and he like crow hopped and threw it as hard as possible to Mike Franco just to make sure he's paying attention from like five feet away. Love it. It was, it was hilarious. So I, I, I like that I like that Philly's players are making fans smile. I mean, we're back. <laughs> we are back, man. What a beautiful thing. Uh, and now and now, listen, with the Sixers out, I hope the Phillies are ready because this whole town is now turning towards the Phillies. Bryce Harper cannot go into the tank or else it's gonna start getting like the, the whispers are gonna start getting louder and louder. Uh, the, the the Sixers playoff run is over. All the all of Philadelphia's eyes are on the Phillies right now, uh, and let's see how they respond. As they should be. Yeah, who, who cares about basketball anyway? Yeah, go Phillies. All right, uh, we will be back on Thursday. Fritz and I will be together in person. I thought it was okay, Jack. Not our best. It's tough when we're not in the same studio. I thought it was pretty good. You liked it? Okay. I'm intrigued. What did everyone else think? Was it good or was it terrible? Should we be for, should I have driven down to the beach just to do the pod with Jack? That's the real question. I will be debating that really for the rest of my life, Jack. Questioning your dedication. (laughs) All right. We'll be back on Thursday. He's Fritz. I'm Seltzer. We'll talk to you later.